You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, episode 18 with Tiffany Harden. Once you decide to make a decision, the universe conspires for you and things happen and it may be little things, maybe big things, but every link in the chain starts to, to appear. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hello and welcome back to today's episode. Today I had the pleasure of speaking with Tiffany Harden. She's the principal and co-founder of Guild Creative Group. Now Guild is a consultation firm that provides cultural engagement strategies for brands and advertisers. And Tiffany consults creative talents on developing their brand as a business as well as developing key brand partnerships. Now as part of her initiative to pay it forward, Tiffany also serves as an adjunct professor at NYU's Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music. Now, she's also the founder of She Knows Now, and that's a platform dedicated to collecting and sharing insights of confident driven women who share what they each know for sure. Beyond all that, Tiffany has served on several boards that include Sound Control, Music Unites, Council of Urban Professionals, and Ad Color, and she currently serves on the leadership board of Live in the Gray. She's an avid speaker on influencer marketing, women in entrepreneurship, music and branding, social media marketing, and music tech. And she's spoken at conferences such as Social Media Week, Internet Week, South by Southwest, Ad Color, and Ad Week. Let's go ahead and prepare to dive into today's episode. I hope you're able to take away some nuggets of gold from Tiffany's episode. And as a reminder, I've gone ahead and put a ton of the resources that are mentioned into today's episode on the show notes page that's found at tbpod.com slash episode 18. Hope you enjoy today's wisdom. Hit me up on Twitter at tbpod. Tell me what you enjoyed most for your chance to win a Starbucks gift card. All right, here we go. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you. It's great to be with you. And I enjoyed our, our chat earlier. And your intention behind this is really awesome. And I, I support it fully. Thank you. So I've shared a little bit with our community about you. But for those that don't know much, could you share something about you that's not scripted for media consumption, but is 100% Tiffany? 100% me means I came from my background professionally is in you know, the music business and I transitioned into advertising and then also transitioned into being an entrepreneur. And through that lens, I look at culture and influencer network and influencer marketing through just another means of connecting. You know, my my sort of pure essence is around um, being culturally curious and then mm-hmm. connecting ideas and people and doing it enthusiastically because I do believe that we, uh, you know, we live in a connected world, but sometimes, um, you know, depending on what networks you're in, you need somebody to sort of open your eyes to, to new things and to new networks. And I believe that that can be done <clears throat> on a personal level, but also on a professional level. And uh, I try and do my best to, to make sure that I'm representing those things in business too. So if there's a, um, if there's an idea that um, I hear about, you know, I, I'm typically the first one at the table to say, oh, I know who would be really great for that. Or we should talk to whoever. So, I mean, at the very um, 
essence of what I do, it's it's about connecting and being cu- culturally curious and hopefully, you know, maintaining some just maintaining some some real integrity on behalf of talent because that's, you know, my background is in talent management. So I think like at the at the core of it, that's really like the essence and then like there's so many nitty gritty <laughs> like details in terms of like my storyline and you know, oh, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the, you know, the the sort of like what Twitter will allow you to have. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I love that. I will get into some more of that in a second. So long before you started Guild, right? Mm-hmm. You had some amazing exposure, as you mentioned a minute ago, to people in music and advertising. And, you know, I just wanted to ask, you know, looking back now, what was it that provided you that winning mindset on such a big stage so a long long time ago (laughs) i decided that i wanted to be able to operate at a certain level and i also wanted to maintain things that were very very special to me so i wanted to be able to work really hard but i also wanted to have uh, a strong tribe around me and i also wanted to be to always be perceived as someone that's touchable real relatable approachable I never wanted to get too high in the sky, Um, not in terms of my money, but in terms of, uh, (laughs) okay, but in terms of, um, you know, just how how I was perceived, because, you know, like I said, I'm in the business of connecting and culture. So if if I can't be able to observe and be in a scene and and just kind of like engage in that way, then that means I'm. I have to be too far removed from it. I never wanted to be too far removed from culture because of a reputation or something that I did or whatever. So the winning mindset for me really came from growing up, knowing, knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I always knew I was going to be in music. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. My mother's an entrepreneur. Um, My father worked in corporate America. So, and I moved around a lot because of my, my father who was really great at his job. And, you know, he's, he's responsible for building teams for big, big companies. Um, they call it strengthening the pipeline. So, you know, he would, we would basically move from city to city because he was so good at his job. Mm. And he also brought that sort of mentality to our house. He would have us watch these, like, <laughs> he would have us watch things like eyes on the prize and then like turn around and have us watch things that are like these, uh, corporate, like these corporate movies where, you know, they're like business class, master class type of documentaries. Right. You know? And so, that that mixed with a creative environment sort of facilitated a winning mindset, I think, just because I knew I always innately knew that it wasn't going to be easy. So I think I just always prepared myself for doing the work and I dedicated I dedicate myself to doing the work. I think if somebody just handed it to me and said, you know what, Tiffany? you should just be the VP of something because you're you. (laughs) I don't think that I would, I would care about it, you know? Um, So, you know, in terms of like the, the stages I've been on though, what's sort of been interesting about that is, you know, not when you look back, it's, you know, everything's 2020 in retrospect. So in hindsight, I'm able to see like, wow, like this scenario led to that scenario, which led to that scenario. And, Mm-hmm. I couldn't have called a better play myself. You know, I'm really glad that I'm somebody that believes that the universe conspires for you. So I feel like God was really just sort of like moving, you know, moving people around and scenarios around just so that I can 
you know, be in certain places and learn certain things. Position you, right. Me, right. Really position me. And one of those things was I would have never told myself that I should live in Wisconsin. You know, part of my dad's uh, job made him move to Wisconsin. We moved there from Texas, which was a big change for us. And um, I, you know, initially was like, this is ridiculous. It literally was like that 70s show. I was like, what, where am I? <laughs> and, you know, but that's also where I met my best friend and other friends. That's also where I got introduced to the college I ended up going to, which was uh, Columbia College Chicago, which is one of my favorite, you know, it's my only favorite school. It's I'm an alum. <laughs> but um, it's also where I you know, met the first person, several people, but one of the first people that I can say, you know, really had a hand in making sure that I was set up with the right people. And it was the one interview. Mm -hmm. It was like, if there was nothing else that he did for me, he did this piece. He got me paid. And then he got me an introduction with, uh, while I was his, while I was his, um, intern, he got me paid for that. And then he also made a really crucial introduction for me to Mona Scott Young. And that's wow. the reason why I moved to New York City was to work for her at Violator. And, and then it was just like dominoes. Wow. Yeah. So what inspired you from, you know, from from all of that initial piece, right? What inspired you to then start your own consulting firm? Well, so there's a few things. One is I always knew I wanted to work for myself in my head. I imagined that I would have like this talent management company and I would because that's where I, you know, that's what I thought I wanted at 20. But I thought I was going to have this talent management company and I was going to work for like several different artists and be Scooter Braun, essentially, you know, um, <laughs> right. I, back then there wasn't a Scooter Braun. So I guess I thought I was going to be like Irving Azoff. I don't know. But then, you know, I started working at this advertising firm and I started realizing, wow, that, you know, the music business is changing. The music business that I thought I wanted to be in doesn't exist. And let me not con try to continue this bubble of a dream because the realities are, you know, that, advertising business really finances the music business and in terms of like even the creative assets that are put out. So, right. so why don't I stay in the advertising business and leverage my relationships and my insights into culture and people to help uh, bring both sides of the coin to, to, to the table? Like if I understand how, strategy is written and how these and how advertising agencies and brands if I understand their goals and their intentions and I understand that there's talent especially emerging talent that needs these types of resources I'm able to position both parties to essentially win mm. especially when it comes to social and content partnerships and things that allow a brand to get deeper than just an advertisement or some product placement or whatever. It's allowing, you know, me to be able to explain and strategize and deliver results on what shared values they both have. So I realized that I could do that not just for one agency. Right. <laughs> and right. so then I realized, okay, well, I like doing this a lot and I like doing it. I feel like that, you know, there's tons of brands, there's tons of agencies, there's tons of tons of ideas. Why can I not operate like this and do that for different brands and different agencies? Why do I have to do it here or and only here? So for me it was also about timing. You know, I happened to be at an agency at translation for a number of years and I said, you know what, I think if I'm going to fail, I'd rather fail early than, you know, fail when I have like a mortgage, kids, et cetera, et cetera. So I started the company when I was twenty seven. And um, I started it with a partner and the idea was that we were going to offer talent management services and then we were going to also offer uh, brands and advertising agencies consulting services. 
as the business continued, you know, I ended up going on my own and I left the talent management piece. And I let go of a lot of the talent that we were working with and just stuck with a couple of artists or actually one artist and one influencer that I was working with doing brand partnerships and then really focused on what I was really great at and what I am really great at, which is the the, the marketing piece. And so mm-hmm. that's what's been carrying GCG for, for, for the past like three years. So your passion is music, the money's into advertising and your skills into marketing. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I guess that brings us to this point, right? So tell us a little bit about Guild and, and maybe share a little bit about what it is that you do in your day to day as a cultural engagement specialist. I'm, I'm so fascinated with this title and I want to hear more about it. Sure. So let's see. So Guild Creative Group started because, you know, we felt like at the time my partner and I, we felt like there was a need for management to have a really firm understanding and could be able to navigate within the advertising space. And we also felt like management um, needed to be able to deal to, to do deals with it with advertising agencies that are you know beneficial to sort of the brand awareness of talent uh, especially emerging talent and I also felt like at the time I was working with Karen Civil I worked with her for like four or five years so in 2011 uh, we had started working with her and I felt like wow you know she's more than just a blogger she this is a brand and I really started to understand you know, influencer marketing from that. And by doing that at the agency, but, you know, doing that in culture, it really meant like I had to really take what she was doing in culture as a blogger and as a very connected media personality and say, okay, this is how brands can play with you. Because sometimes what happens is uh, you need a you know, most times influencers or talent, they need translators and even brands. It's like, okay, I know this person's popular, but how can I work with them? What is like, what are the sort of uh, lovers that I can pull to to help them with what they have and and you know they can help me with what I got going on. So I was able to help create the the value exchange and help to articulate the value of influence to brands and vice versa. So that's what Guild is even currently still doing, right? So but back then in 2000 whatever, <laughs> uh, it was something that was very very new to to be thinking in that in that way. The word guild actually means to place a thin layer of gold over something raw and beautiful. So I feel like Mm. there's nothing new that I'm creating. I am literally just taking what's already there and saying, hey, look at this thing. It's so good. It's so beautiful. Everybody should know about it. And so when I take on a new project or when I take on and, and if that project is also working with an influencer or whatever, my goal is to make sure that whatever the vision is, or if we're creating a vision together, whatever that thing is, it's being positioned for success. And that is basically what makes me, I feel like sets me apart from a lot of other, not just talent management companies, but also like consulting agencies that work with brands and advertisers too. I have a very strong <laughs> um, affiliation with culture. I'm not just somebody that like, pontificates and reads a bunch of a bunch of books. I'm very much a right. uh in it. In it in right. a doer. And I'm in it from uh, in a way where like I'm you're not gonna find me like at every party. I'm not gonna do every single thing. But you know, I am going to be able to say and know like what's real, what's not. I can definitely give you that. I can definitely right. give you and God forbid, it's like, I can most likely write a deck too, if we need to go there. Like, you know, I, if somebody would have told me like when I was in college that most of my time was going to be spent writing deck and creating point of views or like putting your ideas on paper, like that is, that is how things get done. 
And and nobody tells you that when you're in school. Like nobody tells yeah. you like if you have an idea, you should absolutely do it. But if you want your idea to get paid for by somebody else, then you have to write it down. And you have to write it down and you have to sell it and you have to articulate it. That is a skill set. That is something that people these big agencies, they get paid for so like millions of dollars, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars to millions of dollars. They get paid for that. And there are people in their homes having million dollar ideas, but they can't articulate it. They can't write it down and pitch it. And that's so sad to me. That's a tangent for another day. But <laughs> my point <laughs> saying all of this is that is something that I learned how to do. And so with Guild Creative Group, there are actually what we what, what our main core bread and butter business is, is working with brands and advertisers to create influencer strategy and culture engagement strategy. Culture engagement strategy really is being able to see trends that are happening in culture, being able to see how culture is moving and make a recommendation. Most times is how it manifests, making a recommendation on how a brand should be interacting with that, if at all. Mm. So there, there are some brands that will say, oh man, you know, we want to work, we want to, you know, have a voice in music. Okay, how do you plan on doing that? Who are you going to work with to do that? How are you going to make right. that happen? Your partners, like how are your, how is the media going to know about it? You know, so there's all of these um, ways that brands can get involved with culture if they know how to articulate that too. And that's where Guild steps in. That's where we step in. Uh, so why why do you actually enjoy the work that you're doing day to day? Because I feel like I feel like somebody's got to do it. You know, I feel like that too often there's you know there are people who get into the music business and or get into any any business quite frankly and and they don't and they don't love it and they just are they're just in it for the for the for the end you know they're just in it to to get rich quick or to you know the next hunt the next kill or whatever but i'm really in it because i genuinely believe that culture deserves a seat at the table as it relates to mm-hmm. the media. And mm-hmm. um, I am a woman of color. So if I have the opportunity to raise my hand and say, hey, that's not right. Or, hey, we should do this. Or, hey, I promise you, this is going to be really great if we put this person in play here. You know, I should be able to do that because I'm basically speaking for people that aren't in the room. I, right. can't, I can't tell you how many decks I've written where there's I've had uh, to put in my recommendations on talent or my recommendations on the types of curators or people that we should be working with or publishers that we should be working with. And if I'm not there to make that recommendation, knowing my own intention, you know, then you're going to have somebody else who doesn't represent culture the way somebody like me would and make a recommendation based on a Twitter number follower. You know, like there's there's levels to this, I feel like. And I, I do what I do because I love the idea of propagating culture in an intentional, real way and having a brand represent that as well. I love the idea of being able to connect two entities that have shared values that they may not even have known that they had shared before. Right. I really enjoy doing that. That's so cool. So question for you. I mean, so how long have you been running Guild now? Um, so the company started in 2011. Um, okay. I've been running About it five years. full time um, since two th- the top of 2013. So I was still working at Translation in 2011. That's how it happens. <laughs> right. That happens. So, so do you have mentors today that keep you help keep you progressing forward and, and holding you accountable to, to your goals? Of course. And, and that are helping me, you know, get paid. <laughs> like, I think the beautiful thing about having, there's a difference between, between people that sort of are, I realize that there's a difference between mentors, sponsors, and advocates, right? 
And Mm -hmm. it took me a long time to realize who was really a mentor to me and who was really a sponsor for me and who was really an advocate for me. And then there are people that I may not know that are that may advocate for me or I haven't talked to in a while that advocate for me. And I and I never know it. But to that to answer your question, 100 percent, you know, 100 percent. And I think the folks that hold me accountable to my goals are probably more my peer mentors than than my like, mm, professional right. career mentors. And I think also my parents are very, very into into what I do, into my career, as they should be. They paid for school, so they're very, they, they keep an eye on their investment. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So if I say that I'm going to do something, they always ask me about it, which for me so is enough. <laughs> So let's talk about that. How how did family actually affect this transition to entrepreneurship? A hundred percent. You know, my mom's an entrepreneur, but also like right. when she decided to, she had two iterations of being an entrepreneur. And so the second time was sort of in the midst of a move that my family was doing. And, you know, she, she was, you know, blessed enough. My family's blessed enough. So, you know, when she decided to do that, my dad was able to take care of like family or, you know, the house and home type. So she didn't have to worry about like having a job. When I decided to go out on my own, I still had to, I still had to figure out my finances in terms of like how much would take me through how long, <laughs> you know, right. and I was still pretty, still pretty young. You know, when I left translations, I was 27. So I was still oh. pretty young and I was still trying to like get it right. So when times were tough, because they are, I think anybody that would say they wouldn't be is lying to you. But um, so when times were tough, you know, they were always able to help help out, but not without a firm conversation. I mean, but nothing had changed from from when I was a kid. I mean, my parents basically need, uh, again, a a PowerPoint presentation, a deck. It's (laughs) like, if you need $20, like, tell me why. What is it going towards? How do you intend on paying this back? Like, what is the, you know, ROI on this investment? Like, they are very much like, <laughs> they'll give you them, they'll give it to you, whatever it is that you need, but not without proper, a proper presentation and a verbal whooping, basically. <laughs> my dad, I love that. I love that. My dad, it. my dad's favorite line is like, um, you know, he's Southern. He's from Mississippi. so Nice. So you mentioned this just a second ago, right? We all, we all have these, these bumps and bruises on the, on the career journey. You know, I'd love if you would share with us some of the biggest lessons that you've learned and probably still are learning as you're building Guild. So... One of the biggest lessons from out the gate that I learned was what's for you is for you. So when I left the company, if you can remember, when I left my agency, um, if you can remember, I started with a partner and that gave me so much, so much like courage almost. It gave me so much, oh, everything's going to be okay a minute with somebody. And not even six months <laughs> after, like we're not, we're not partners anymore. Um, and I'm like, oh my God. And not because anything like, you know, that's my homie. Like I love him to pieces, you know, but. But at the end of the day, I I was hurting because I was like, well, now what do I do? Do I do I go right. back? Do I, do I get a job again? Do I like what do I do? And mm-hmm. I realized that you know what is for you is for you. Like I learned that God, um, I'm a huge believer in God, universe, all that good stuff. Um, God doesn't put you in positions for you to like default. You know, like I'm putting you at a very transformational strengthening position and you will stretch and you will be okay, but you will stretch. I felt that and I felt like, okay, I just need to keep going. And, you know, I'm lucky to have like a great family and a great, a great tribe to, 
like keep me uh, just motivated and my spirit light and optimistic. So I'm naturally an optimistic person, but like it really, really does your, your, your mentality good when you have grounded, spiritually conscious, mindful people around you so that if you're sort of spiraling, they can be like, quit it. Like really catch you. Just yep. stop it. <laughs> like you're going to be okay. And, and and they won't let you fall. You, you will never hit rock bottom. Right. There's too many people that whose hands you would have to fall through for you to hit rock bottom. And, you know, in my experience in my life, like my immediate family has just been just, I've never even had to, I don't even know where rock bottom is. And, you know, I just, <laughs> I've only fallen in through their hands. So like, I don't even know where that is. But I say that to say that was one big lesson. And I think the other, one of the other bigger lessons was realizing that I had to focus. I really, really had to focus. And even right now it's like, oh, Tiffany, are you focused? Are you focused? Because there's a thousand things to do. There's a thousand yep. things to do. And and beyond like just like the the things that you actually have to do, there's like ideas too. So it's like, okay. <laughs> you're an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> and I was like, and you're an entrepreneur. So it's like, you see an idea and you're like, yes, glitter is gold. This is amazing. And then you're right. like, oh, but I need to do my taxes. You know, like, so there's, there's just like a thousand things to do. But the lesson in that was pick what you're going to do today. Really like get focused on what matters this week. Something else can matter next week, but this is what matters this week. So focus on that. Mm. So question for you. <clears throat> Do you have fears of failing to achieve goals that you've set or are you more afraid of the responsibilities that follow when you've actually achieved your set goals? All of it. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's, I feel like with the first one, I'm really hyper conscious of things that are on like my to-do list. Like if I say I'm going to do something, it's like, I got to do it. And if I make it like public, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't, there's not really like this fear of success in that way, uh, as much as it's like fear of like, you have, you have to do what you, what you said you were going to do. I cannot not do it. You have to deliver on a promise. I have to. What, and what's crazy is that like, it's not even like the promises I make to myself. Right. Which is promise to someone else or to you. Yeah. It's otherwise I would have, you know, lost fifty pounds by now. Obviously I can default on that. <laughs> but like <laughs> it's more like this is something that I think is gonna be really good for other and I really right. need to do it. I really need to do mm-hmm. it. And the on the other tip though, like the responsibility part, I don't I don't have that because I feel like I'm really good at here's what I'm really I'm really good at realizing when an idea has come to life when it's time for me to let go of it and let somebody else do it. I am I'm not married to anything. Like I'm not married to like we have an event and you know the napkins are blue and they're and I like them to be green. Like I don't care about stuff like that, you know? Um there's some people that do though and and I know them. <laughs> but um I think that there's enough space for everybody to have responsibility and ownership and ideas and that makes my life easier. So I want somebody to you know, say, Hey, I, I'm going to own this thing and you're going to trust me with it. And you know, that's it. And I'll be like, okay, that sounds great. Sounds like a good plan. (laughs) But it, I have to get to that point though, where I don't feel like I have to micromanage. I'm not there yet with some of my projects. There are just some projects where I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, So what did you say we're going to look at in two weeks? Okay. Are you sure you're going to look at there's there's that. But then that also makes me I get irritated when I have to micromanage. 
I actually hate it. Like I, I would love it if somebody just showed up with a plan and said, this is what I'm going to do. I would be like, yes, great. Do that. You know, like, it's done. <laughs> like, I don't, I hate, I hate micromanaging because I feel like I could be better used in other places to do other things. Okay. So I don't have a fear of responsibility because I kind of just feel like when you're in it, you're there and there's nothing you can do about it. That's it. <laughs> you, you can't just, unless you have the team to support you, you can't just sort of like say, oh, here we are at this milestone, but ah, responsibility. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Like yep. you're in it, hun. Like you, you got the, you got the, you got the juice. You got the glow. You got to keep it. You got to keep this thing going. That's awesome. So, how do you keep from, like right now with Guild and and all that you have happening right now? How do you actually keep from falling into and getting stuck in comfort zones at work and being able to continue to push yourself to those new higher heights? Yeah. I think like even right now I'm in a point of um point of transformation where I'm definitely not bored in anything. There's a lot there's a lot going on. And I think being an entrepreneur is a little bit difficult too because you don't have like this company policy where you're like, Oh, you know, my company gave me X number of dollars to go to this training. Like that's not what happens when you're an entrepreneur. Right. Um so what I have been doing is kind of giving myself my own little my own little training. So I have I have a speaking coach uh, that's going to help me with some pitches and things like that. I also have, I've been going to just different classes and, um, you know, trying to manage my time better. So, and I also have, you know, two, you know, two really great demanding clients. So for me, it's not like, it's not a, a matter of getting comfortable, but I do know, like, I have to continuously be mindful of getting better. Right. I'd rather be I'd rather, are, you, are you big on written goals? Am I big on writing goals? You should, I have a whiteboard in my in my living room. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> no, I'm huge on on writing my goals and um, you know, my big thing is just making sure that, you know, part of my comfort zone is also like not just a professional comfort zone, but also am I Am I meditating every day? Am I working out more than like once a week? Like, am I like, what am I doing to make sure that I'm as a person getting better? Because everything stems from that too. Like, am I, Mm. am I affirming my goals? Am I affirming the person I say that I am or want to be or, or become like, am I affirming myself and my faith and my family? Those are all really big things because what you can do if you're not careful, is you can alienate yourself too. Did I get in, get did I get out enough this week? Like right. did I, you know, speak to people. <laughs> like, you know Entrepreneurial balance is tough, especially as being a solopreneur or, you know, just being on the grind at certain points in time. It it can become that way. You can pretty much shut off from everything else to get stuff done. Oh yeah. Yeah. You need that balance. Yeah, you do. I'm all about ebbs and flows. Like one week it's like, you know what, I stayed home this week. Who cares? You know, like, but then there's like three weeks where I'm not here at all, you know, and I may have saw my, my boyfriend once on that sat, that one Saturday, that one time. Right. There's definitely that balance. And, and I I'm trying to remember that there's an ebb and flow to this thing. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. So what can we look forward to with you? You know, are there big dreams on that? that vision board in the living room for the next 10 years and beyond that you care to share with us? Yeah, actually there are two major things that I'm working on right now. Um, these are 
two things that I believe are going to be my um my like sort of end game or part of my end game. So one thing is called She Knows Now. My intention with this with this is similar to your podcast. I was looking around in media and I was like, wow, like there where where does one go to find people, women especially, who are confident and amazing and driven and talented and, you know, in their professional and our personal lives that your six-year-old or, or any other millennial woman can look at and say like, oh, this is great. I'm really glad I got some good energy from this person. Where does that person go to find that? So I started something called She Knows Now, which is a, a content organization where we really focus on the hero's journey and the hero's journey being a, a philosophy by Joseph Campbell, whereas he talks about hearing the call to your purpose and you know moving through these different stages to sort of answer that call and conquer that call. Basically getting there requires a bit of confidence. You have to, you have to actually believe that you can say, yes, I, this is for me. This is something I can do. And I think that's something that women tend to struggle with. And this is why there's a lot of you know, midlife crisis and all these things. It's just like being able to find the confidence to, uh, to really live not just the dream, but like living your most authentic self. And I think that, you know, that's, that's very important for a woman to really hold on to. So what we do is create, you know, just resources or gather resources, aggregate them. But also we create just what we call an insights archive, or we take 15 second video of women sharing what they know for sure. Cause we believe that, you know, we can learn from anyone on what they know, because that's something that's an opportunity for you to actually share and exchange and have an experience with someone. And then we also, you know, do these, do these uh, monthly events. So this September we are doing our inaugural summit and um, it's nice. going to be great. It's going to be in downtown Manhattan. I'm really excited for it. It's going to be basically panels, workshops, and it's all going to be around getting sort of like real about who it is that you think you are and, and what it is that you want to be and or become. And so this is really a, a summit on confidence and that is manifested in like whether that's visioning, entrepreneurship or you know, any of those things that sort of follow the path of the of the of a woman's experience, we're going to be speaking about it. So that's one thing. And then the other is um, something that's more closely aligned to my day to day professional stuff. And that is called social arm. Um, it stands for social asset research and media management. And it's a startup that I'm actually seeking capital for now with a finished MVP. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about that. So social arm is very closely aligned with the influencer marketing economy. And my goal with it is to help empower brand managers and influencers to you know, articulate the influencer value uh, that they can bring to each other for partnership purposes. So a brand and or an influencer or anyone can look up influencer metrics and, you know, connect with this influencer if they want to, or, you know, hire social arm strategists to build an influencer strategy or um, a propagation strategy so that they can build these great partnerships and, and create content or endorsements, whatever they want to do. So it's a, a research tool. Um, we'll definitely need to hear some more about that, yeah. about both. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about both. And, you know, she knows now I'm, I'm thinking of a few women that you definitely need to be in touch with. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to hear about Social Arm as well. It's, it's definitely um, Social Arm has been a labor of love. Like it's an idea that I had around like when I was in college, like 2006 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the time we just weren't culture in general. This is why timing is everything. <laughs> we just weren't at a time where like you could use uh, social networking metrics to make a, 
a contextual data story around an influencer. And at the time, there really weren't, you know, there weren't social influencers. You know, there were actors and musicians. And that was about it. <laughs> right. Now you have people that are content influencers on YouTube. There's yeah. so much, you know. So now there's m- more data points. So, Tiffany, we're, we're nearing the end of today's session, unfortunately. But, you know, we'd love to have you share some resources with our listeners and help them sharpen their minds, look to resources they might not have explored before, right? So could you maybe share a book you've read in the past year that inspired you? Million Dollar Woman. Million Dollar Woman. Yeah. It's by Julia Pimsler. Here she's talking about she's a she's a million dollar woman. <laughs> it, the the subtitle is the essential guide for female entrepreneurs who want to go big. I read that recently, and I I just I absolutely loved it because awesome. it's a very easy it was an easy read, but it was also a really cool journey to to hear her go on and just how she went from being like a filmmaker to being like a multimillionaire with a simple idea. Well. For everyone listening, we're going to post all of these resources on the show notes page. Definitely check that out. So, Tiffany, what's something small you've done this month that you're proud of? It's not done yet, but I was able to get in touch with somebody that's like a super, superstar. I'm really hoping they come through for this event that I'm working on. And I know it's like super vague, but it's the small, <laughs> it's, it's the small wins, you know, when you're like right, right. hustling and you're like, Yes, there's a breakthrough. Like, it's that kind of thing. You know what I find funny about when I ask that question? People give me big things every single time that that I think are big. But to your point, I mean, it's a small win, right? I find it's a question I love to ask because I'm always intrigued by the responses that I get. I might steal it for my podcast. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, can a trailblazer have too many goals? No, but... I feel like there's a huge asterisk that goes along with that. You must have people that can uh, execute. You have, mm-hmm. If you're not, like, no one person can just execute everything. You know, like, there has to be somebody on your team where you can, you know, sort of doodle and say you want all this stuff to happen or whatever, whatever. And there has to be someone, Steve, you're Steve Wozniak, or there has to be somebody on, the, on your right hand. That's right. I see you. I feel you. This is how we're going to make this happen. That that has that has to happen. You know, otherwise you're going. You're definitely trailblazer or not. You're going to run yourself ragged, and that goal will never. Only three of the five goals maybe get done. Wait, so True. yes, but have a game plan as to who's going to help you <laughs> achieve those goals. Achieve those goals, yes. Right. Name an online resource. Could be an app, tool, or software that you use every day, and you can't live without it. This is going to sound really silly, uh, but I can't live without um, my weather app. I like have to know what the weather is before I go outside. Is that- when you have a when you have a six year old and a two year old, <laughs> that's the first app you open in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like the news, whatever. What's the weather like outside? I'm obsessed yeah. with it. Like, I have to know that. And it's like a process, too. I'll look outside, and then I'll be like, I'll, I'll figure out, it's like, am I cold right now? Or am I hot? I wonder if it's cold outside. I wonder if it's hot outside. Of course, everyone living in Florida right now is, like, laughing at us, right? I know. But the thing is, I'm so weird about it. It's like, I have to look outside first before I check the weather app. It's like, 
I have to like do this whole assessment before I get there, but it's a process. It's a process. So I, I, but I definitely have to do the weather app for sure. Nice. So why is it important to you to volunteer and give back of your time, talents and treasures? Because somebody did it to me and for me, you know, like somebody spent time with me. It, It was several people. I happened to always be at the right time or the right place where somebody was speaking to me. And I I truly appreciate that. You know, I spend a lot of time at NYU as a capstone professor, uh, adjunct professor, basically teaching capstone, which is a class for graduating seniors before they sort of go off into the world. And I help them present themselves. And a lot of times, you know, when you're speaking to young people, they are so green, but then also so worried and nervous and excited and all this stuff. And I love being around that because it reminds me of where I was before I moved to New York City and was so jaded. But um, <laughs> but I think being around people who are willing to hear what you have to pour into them is really important. And also knowing that you have the opportunity to share such real, genuine knowledge with young people who are making decisions about their life. That's a responsibility that you have. Right. Um, I literally have had people tell me, um, even people that are um, that like just started at like a company or whatever, and they'll say like, "Oh, you know what? You gave me this advice, or you put me in contact with this person, or you did this, or you did that." And you know, I just wanted to thank you because now I'm doing this and I'm doing that and whatever. And that gives me so much like joy because like it's so it it was so simple for me. You know, like it took me no time to spend like 20 minutes talking to somebody or to send an email introduction. You know, like it took no time. It meant it's not that it meant nothing to me, but it, it meant so much more to them. And they're able to do so much more with that introduction. So that's why I've always been very kind of loose with my Rolodex, uh, depending on who it is, because I really believe that, you know, I'm, I'm a connector and I like I like connecting the right people and the right ideas. And I think you can do that on every level. Uh, it's very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so I'd, I'd love you to take a couple of minutes. And before we let you go, I'd love you to impart some actionable tips and inspiring message really helps those listening to be able to elevate their game and blaze their trail. Yeah. Been doing a great job of that so far, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that um, for me, a big part of and I, you know, I would never call myself a trailblazer, but I definitely feel like I, maybe in my own like little corner of the universe, has made a little circle in like a, the like the little tornado, uh, that coyote that runs really fast, like <laughs> or tag. <laughs> well, that is the that example. is what you're doing, right? I mean, you're you are a trailblazer in that regard. You're you're barely, you know, what thirty thirty one, thirty two, thirty, and you're oh my gosh. And you're telling me you're not a trailblazer. You're a 30-year-old with a business that's established and doing great things. I mean, you're you're way ahead of the average 30-year-old right now. So, thank you. And I'm glad- absolutely placing a you trail. Know, you know, Mark Zuckerberg really like through 34 loop twos is like after his boom, <laughs> everybody was looking at themselves like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like, <laughs> but you know, I think the biggest thing for me is, um, and any sort of wisdom impartation or whatever, like, I think that Oprah, I'm going to take it from Oprah actually, because it's really, really, really matters. It's, it's important enough to share. And I think she took it from somebody else. So when I was in a position to, 
start making my own decisions and they had impact, that's when like your life starts to fall into place. So like once you decide to make a decision, the universe conspires for you and things happen and it may be little things, maybe big things, but every link in the chain starts to, to appear. And I remember very specifically being in high school saying, I want to work in the music business. I made a decision about where I wanted to go to school and what I wanted to do. And then I was motivated. It literally was like the fire just lit and it was like go time. Like there was only one speed. It was go. And it didn't matter. Like nothing else mattered to me. There's sometimes where I feel like, man, I wish I could apply that to other things that I want to matter to me, but like don't matter as much. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do I do realize that once I made a decision, it was the beginning of the, the butterfly effect. It was it was the ripple effect. It was the the dominoes, you know, landing. It was it was all of that. And I think that that decision wasn't just like random. It was a decision that was genuinely like manifested. Like I felt it in my gut. I felt it in my soul. And I think that once people start making decisions about who they are and what they want their, where they want their life to go, then they're in by in part and by and large, it will happen. It will, will happen. And I think that's really what I want people to know. Like it doesn't matter what it is that you're, that you're doing, but you have to choose to do it. And I think it's a decision that you have to consciously make. Right. Absolutely. I'm very much in, in line with everything you said there. <laughs> I, I feel like so much. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I shared this with you right before we started the, the call today. This podcast was three, four years in my head. Mm. And the second I turned that switch and I was like, it's going to happen. It's amazing to me, you know, what's transpired since that point in time. So for everyone listening, definitely take that to heart and make a decision and take action right now. And you'll be surprised what happens immediately after making that decision and and allowing um, everything else to take its course. Tiffany, I appreciate you, you know, for, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to share a very inspiring story with, with our Trailblazers today. Congrats on your success. We are really happy to have you as part of the Trailblazer family now and excited to hear about these new things that you have on the horizon. You know, before we let you go, I'd love you to tell us how we can stay connected to you and then we can finish up. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you for inviting me and I'm very excited to hear this uh, later. And uh, your listeners, this community can follow follow me um, at Tiffany underscore Harden on all the social media. <laughs> um, I would love it if you could check out She Knows Now, which is the same thing at She Knows Now on Instagram and Twitter. But you guys can contact me there and I'll leave my, I'll actually leave my email address with you guys, with you, Stephen, um, to share in your show notes. I'm happy to get a note from from anybody who uh who wants to drop me a line and you know if they like what they hear fantastic well thank you so very much we'll definitely be keeping in contact with you yay i love it this is a this is great and i think um you know you have such a such a diamond on your hands with this with this podcast i appreciate being a part of it thank you <laughs> all right Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. 
Hey, if you're on Twitter, I'd love you to shoot me a tweet at TBPod. Tell me what you love most about today's episode. One lucky person is going to win a Starbucks gift card this week for sharing their favorite part of the episode with us on Twitter. As I've mentioned before, I posted links to all of Tiffany's recommended books, resources, and her social channels on our show notes page at tbpod.com slash episode 18. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Invite others to listen to an episode you think might impact them most. We firmly believe that someone listening to Trailblazer's story just might be changed by the message and go on to change the world for many others in the process. So once again, thank you all so much for listening today. Please be sure to tune in next Monday when we bring you another amazing story, this time about Keon Jackson, a creative writer, author, and playwright. You don't want to miss out on his funny yet inspiring story. Lots of wisdom shared in episode 19. Guys, your time is right now. Go out, rise above, go way beyond, and pursue your greatest you today.